Hi everyone and welcome back to part two of the latest Cosida Connection podcast. I'm Katie Hewitt and I'm here with Katie Mucci bringing you another awesome episode and another great interview from some of the members of our SID communications community. Earlier this week, I had the opportunity to sit down with someone who is really an important person in my life, and that is my boss at the University of Michigan. His name is Kurt Svoboda, and he is the Associate Athletic Director for External Communications NPR at Michigan. And I've known Kurt for a while. We have a lot in common. We both started working at some smaller schools, some division, lower division schools, and now obviously we work at the same place at a really large-scale public Power Five University, and it's totally different. And Katie, I know that you also started working in kind of a lower level, as they would say, in college athletics. And, you know, before we get into this talk with Kurt, I just kind of wanted to ask you about your experience starting at a lower level. And now it's still new for you, but now you're working in the Missouri Valley Conference, which is, you know, a really prestigious Division One conference. So can you just talk about that? Yeah, definitely. I think when you, when everyone listens to Kurt's podcast, you'll hear him talk about how, I think he said he played baseball at a D3 and then his first job was at a D2. Um, and he spent some time there before moving up, you know, to Harvard, Stanford, and Michigan. Um, so I think it's it's really important. I think people really overlook some of the lower divisions. I got started at Division Three. That was my first job and only job out of college up until a few weeks ago. Um, and I think it's working at lower divisions really does give you a whole different perspective about things and about this industry and about, um, it, it really gives you a different experience. I mean, it's not at all the same experience. You go from at a division three, some even division two, a lot of the time you have one or two employees in your department or your office versus some D one programs. I'm not sure how many of you guys have over there, but I know a lot of them have five, six, seven, maybe even more. Um, and so I think, you know, getting my start at a lower division, um, or, you know, a, a division three program conference, um, it really does give you just like a whole different perspective and you get to learn a lot of things, especially being at a conference, um, where I'm not in the game day atmosphere. I'm doing a lot of work behind the scenes and a lot of administrative stuff. I didn't just work on SID stuff. I didn't just work on graphics or social media. I was planning championships and I was working with vendors and I was planning sponsorship kind of stuff. And all that kind of stuff behind the scenes. So I really did get like a very broad based experience, which Kurt talks about. You don't just get to do your own thing. You really get to learn a lot of different areas. And then once you do get the chance to move up to a D1 or maybe even just a bigger D2 or a bigger D3, um, I know there are some out there that have a lot, a lot more in their department. Um, you do have all these skills that now, you know, you get a chance to focus, which is just like what I'm doing right now. Um, I went from being the only person in the office working in communications to um, now I get to focus solely on social media and design and that's awesome. But it also helps that like, I have so much experience in other areas that if someone needs me to step in, I can, or, you know, it makes you almost a more attractive candidate, I think sometimes. Um, but there is obviously the stigma of not knowing how to handle things at a higher division, which obviously you've overcome because you've been doing very well at Michigan after coming from a D2. So talk about, yeah, I guess you can talk about it on your side, like how are things for you? Yeah, I mean, I would echo a lot of those things. And obviously, and I know that you would agree with this, I think that we should say, it doesn't really matter where you start, you can still be successful. And so just because we started at, you know, a smaller level doesn't mean that we're going to rule the world one day and other people who start in Division One will not. Um, and Kurt actually mentions that too, like, you know, his perspective is his perspective. And that's, he can only offer advice and thoughts based on what he's experienced. And I mean, yeah, I, I loved working at Division Two level. 
I loved being a student athlete at Division II level. I loved learning so many different aspects of the job, as you mentioned. Here, you know, at Michigan, I'm the volleyball and the baseball SID, and I dabble in a lot of other things. But when I was working at St. Leo and University of Tampa, like we were helping with like marketing items, like promotions and stuff like that. And that's not something that I directly handle at Michigan. And so it's kind of cool to be able to dive in and master something as you kind of wanted to, like just work solely on A, B, and C as opposed to like A through L in the alphabet. But I loved it. And I think that that's made me a better coworker. I think it's made me a better leader, whether informally or formally, just having that different experience. And at Michigan, I mean, you mentioned like having five or six people, we have like 12 SIDs, plus people who make graphics, plus people who do video content. So our office is very large and we have so many different types of people with so many different types of experience. And so having like a well-rounded staff is something that's really important to, you know, we don't want, and I've said this before, like, I don't want 10 other Katie's in the office. Not mm-hmm. you, Katie's, but me, Katie. There are things about <laughs> of me that you are ten of you me know, in the terrible. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want, I don't want ten of those because I want different perspectives around me, and I want to be surrounded by people who view things differently. So I think that I just wanted to make that point before we go into it. Yeah, and I think just to put a bow on that conversation, I think ever, no matter what experience you have, D three, D one, NAIA, anything like that, JUCO, um, it's all what you make of it. I mean. You can be at the biggest D1. You can be in Michigan where you're one of 12 people and you can have, you know, nothing to show for it. Or you can be at a D3 and have everything to show for it. And I think all of it is just what you do with it. It doesn't matter where you start, like you said, but it's about what you do and how you show off your skills. Absolutely. And I think that Kurt is a really great example of that. Somebody who started somewhere and... You know, he he talks about this, like he wanted something bigger. And so he used a lot of his skills and his knowledge from his, you know, smaller school experiences to get a division one position. And from there just has absolutely worked up to a large scale school. And that's something that he wanted to do. So that's not the best answer for everybody, but that's something that he really wanted to work for and strive for. And I know that he still strives every day to be better version of himself and a better leader. So I'm really excited for everyone to hear Kurt's thoughts. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kurt Svoboda. So do you just want to start with just giving us a brief overview of your like career and where you started and how you got to where you are now? Absolutely. First, thrilled to be on with you both. Thank you for uh, what you both do, uh, both to stay engaged, you know, with with a profession and help others grow. I, I think it's a great thing. We had talked earlier about potentially doing this, and I, and, and it kind of came off the top of my head. Uh, I basically describe my path as the intersection of timing, circumstance, preparation, and luck. And that that was just kind of off the top of my head, but I've had more time to think about that, and I think it's very appropriate. So, you know, I went to a very small Division III school uh, in New Hampshire, Colby Sawyer College, and and, uh, very few people have heard about it. I was a student athlete there. I played baseball, got a a really wonderful small school uh, education uh, that served me well. And from there, I went into a dual role 
at uh, Franklin Pierce University, a Division II school in Ringe, New Hampshire, and the New England Collegiate Baseball League. And I was uh, uh, the NECBL is, is a wonderful summer uh, wood bat baseball league sanctioned by, by Major League Baseball. And I was their first uh, publicist for the league. And uh, the league provided a very small stipend, and Franklin Pierce housed me in the basement of an uh, of, uh, assistant basketball coach's house and uh, let me eat meals at the dining hall for free, and that was, that was my gig. Uh, and I, I deferred all my student loans and just sucked it up for a year, and I had the, had the time of my life. So uh, during the summers, I, I worked for the NECBL and produced every game program for every team that had a home game, all the stats liaison with the scouts and and then uh, over that summer I redesigned Franklin Pierce's website and, and got my really my, my first foray into sports information communications uh, and at the same time I was still chasing down uh, what I thought would be my career as a baseball coach uh, and I was trying to use that for leverage in and I, I was coaching with Franklin Pierce and uh, but after eight, eight nine months uh, a, a full-time job came open at St. Anselm College which is uh, also in New Hampshire they're in the Northeast 10 Conference uh, and I, uh, I, I was able to move there as a 22-year-old uh, head sports information director with 21 sports and had a wonderful experience there transitioned uh, many years later to, to Harvard University uh, where I was for almost eight years eight full years and then went to Stanford University and uh, now here here to Michigan so uh, I, I've, I've been at a variety of places a variety of levels and uh, very different types of athletic departments and, and I think all those different experiences have really served me well so you and I both have experience in division two obviously mm -hmm. in division one um, and I think that for a lot of people who start in division one and stay in division one they don't necessarily see the value of working at a smaller school but mm -hmm. that's you know where you got your start so can you kind of talk about how that start helped prepare you sure I, I think it was invaluable and it, it helped me in, in three distinct ways uh, I, I was suited for the work frankly because uh, of my childhood which would probably be another uh, podcast altogether all and uh, I was I was always on the hustle I was always if, if, if something was going to be done in my life I was going to be the one to do it so being a one-person shop uh, at a small school with 20 plus sports where you know everything's happening on the same day at the same time uh, it, it was something I was very comfortable with uh, and, and then thinking about that environment it forced me to be efficient to learn quickly uh, provided me the opportunity to take calculated risks uh, and then thinking about most importantly in today's environment embrace change and emerging technology um, you know being being at a small school really helped me greatly in networking you know when you're in a, in a large conference there were, I think there were 15 schools at the time in the Northeast 10 conference <laughs> everybody was a one or two person shops with a lot of sports you know it really forces you uh, you're reliant on your colleagues at those other schools and you help each other in so many different ways. And so instantly you have a family of 15 to, to let's say, 25-ish other people uh, uh, th that you come to know. Uh, and that served me very well, as, as, as we might discuss later on. Um, but aside, aside from the work, you know, working at a small college, you know, really shaped who I am and my appreciation for culture uh, and my current approach in team building. Um, you know, I enjoy just a wonderful sense of community at Franklin Pierce. 
um, and, and that's a feeling that, frankly, I've been chasing ever since I've left, uh, uh, no matter where I've been. I've been at wonderful world-class universities, uh, but there's something about that small school environment that can get lost in translation at other places, uh, and it's really unfortunate because it's special. Can you kind of talk about how, you know, going from working at some smaller schools to then going to Harvard, which is, you know, a large, as you just said, world-class institution, mm-hmm. what was that, um, how was that change, and how, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. It's a great question, and I fully recognize that that transition um, may appear to have been an unusual move kind of in the, in the landscape of, of college sports. Um, you know, in one sense, it's naturally daunting because of that term, Division One quote-unquote like it looms over you uh, especially if you're from a smaller school environment or your your only uh, lens into that world is is through the media or watching games you know on television or streaming and it seems so big and vast um, whether or not that may be the case Um, you know but there is you know the, the, the focus and how much you're under the microscope uh, at the Division One level is is a reality, and, and, it, and it, even if it's just a byproduct of the schools are much larger, therefore the enrollment, the alumni base, the fan base, uh, especially in the social media world, the noise, the engagement uh, is just far more at the Division One level. Um, the name of that particular institution uh, probably also evokes some uh, intellectual insecurities, I suppose. Uh, so, so that was very real, um, you know. As daunting as it may have been, I felt very prepared uh, uh, to take that role uh, at Harvard uh, because, I'd, frankly, I'd mastered so many elements that are um, kind of the center of our field. I knew every single sport inside and out. I knew every single issue uh, that relates to, to stat crew. Uh, I knew, I understood streaming, I understood web design, I had uh, designed several athletic websites kind of on the side, I just enjoyed doing that kind of stuff. Uh, And frankly, Harvard was looking for somebody who was well-rounded and who could cover a bunch of sports. Um, uh, Because frankly, regardless of of the level, the work that's being done at Harvard, they're very short-staffed relative to maybe other Division I peers. So you're talking right now they've got 42 sports, and I think they've got five people. Uh, so the, the ratio was, was pretty similar to, to me at that time. I had one and one. I was the full-time person, and I had a part-time kind of intern covering 21 sports at, at another school. So I felt very prepared for all the sports that I was going to be working. There's always that moment where you – question can I do this is is this the right the right move for me um, but I always say that and, and I think it's probably some something that we'll touch upon later uh, I only got that opportunity at Harvard because of what I'd put on my resume you know leading up until then and the relationships that I'd had and I think that's very important to, to note can you talk about what you know I think your career path is a little bit different than some other people who might be in the same position as you um, at other schools and other, other, you know, big universities, but can you talk about what that path has taught you, not only about the field, but about you as a person? Sure, sure. Um, Another good question, and there's a lot to unpack, I think, within that. Um, On the field, like virtually all aspects of life, the, the reality is change is constant. Right. If, if you're not continuing to, to grow, to learn, to embrace change, you're behind. Um, it may not appear to catch up with you day to day, 
but I'm also not waiting for that seminal moment to come and just run over me. I'm going to be on the lookout for it. doesn't mean I may not fail or miss something, but it's not going to be for a lack of trying. And, and, and I think that uh, those of us who have been in the field uh, for a couple of years are well positioned to see that because we've grown up with it. You know, I, I look at young folks uh, uh, that have grown up in, in, the, in the social media world very well positioned as long as they keep continuing to think about what's next. And those of us who've been in the, in the field for 15, 20 plus years, uh, some people may be just hanging on uh, for dear life on, on some of these things. But uh, if you're here, you have a chance and, and just continue to grow. Um, I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. Um, but I, I could probably provide three definitive realities that I've learned uh, kind of along the way. Um, you know, one, and what, what I, what I talk, touched upon earlier, you know, each step of my journey started as conceited as this, this is with me. Uh, uh, that, uh, you know, I've taken some big risks. I've placed bets on myself uh, when maybe I shouldn't have. Um, you know, I view every task given to me as a reflection of myself, as a reflection of my values, my reputations on the line. Um, so I want to be perfect. I want to complete work ahead of schedule on time and then immediately proactively ask for more. I want to volunteer elsewhere in any department that I've been and just see if I can help anybody uh, who, who wants that help. Um, I've always been wired that way, and, and I think uh, those who are, are are well positioned to succeed in life. Uh, and I think it, it kind of leads to reality number two um, is that when people approach their work and with excellence in mind and do it repetitive, repetitively, other people take notice. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't always come right away, uh, but it will come eventually as long, as long as you just keep at it. So I never went out, I never set out to garner any attention for myself and I, I was never even sure that I wanted to leave St. Anselm. I loved it. Uh, I, I, loved, I loved the people, the place, the time that I had. Um, it's just something that came, that, that came around uh, because of what I call the network effect. Um, you know, so uh, those who you work with and those who are around you are the ones that will advocate for you down the road and may be in a position to hire you down the road. Um, so, you know, what I what I tell people is is to is to cherish your existing network and continue to grow that network in an authentic way. Um, uh, without advancement in mind, uh, uh, if you're doing it the right way, advancement will come. If you're, if you're, you know, football coaches always talk about put it on film. You always tell me what you can do, but put it on film. You know, and, and it's really the same for us: is is put your resume out there, put your portfolio out there, your body of work, and then engage and interact with people the way that they want to be engaged with, and good things will happen. Um, and that's what happened in my transition from St. Anselm uh, to Harvard uh, was that, you know, I, I was just put in that position um, to succeed. And so number three, you know, to this end, I've, I've learned how many wonderful people are out there that will uh, help you in so many capacities. And so I tell people, you know, seek out feedback seek out input from others, candid feedback, candid input stuff that you maybe don't want to hear. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, there are always going to be individuals who are not on your side, who are not helpful. Uh, they might be wearing the same logo as you on their shirt, uh, but they're either unhelpful in one way uh, for, for their own reasons or 
something even more unfortunate. Uh, and there's, there's just that reality, whether you're young in the field or whether you're older in the field, based on your positions, those circumstances change. Uh, but it's the reality, regardless of that, um, what I would say is em- embrace all of those uh, interactions uh, because they all, they all help you in, in where you're going in life. The people who go out of their way to have helped me in my career and those maybe less helpful uh, uh, dancing around this delicately, they've all helped me. Uh, and, and, I, and I think that it's a wonderful reality when you, when you get to that. And so as people kind of progress through their careers, they should really think about every interaction that they have, think about it from different points of view and perspectives, not just their own lens, but what's that other person feeling and why are they, why are they approaching this a certain way? Uh, and that when you're able to step back and kind of evaluate those things, um, uh, kind of a, another world opens up to you. So specifically thinking about myself, I'd say, you know, I've learned a lot of perspective in life uh, and, and a lot about love, frankly. Um, you know, I have an incredible appreciation done for the work being done in this industry at all levels of college sports, um, NAIA, Division Three, Division Two, Division I, uh, junior college, it doesn't matter. You know, there, there's incredible work uh, being done out there. And those who are on the external sides of departments are well positioned to have a great understanding of how athletic departments operate. And, and, and we have perspective and access to information that others don't, uh, that, that if, we're, if we're really focused with it, uh, can help us later on in life. So, uh, you know, and then as, as many, as many who, who age as I do, you know, I've gained perspective on life. I've gone from working 90, 100 hour plus work weeks and not batting an eyelash at it and loving it to uh, working slightly less and uh, gaining far more enjoyment I would say, from my work and from my family, you know, uh, um, along the way, I've learned to care greatly for others and not just be callous about, well, this is the job it needs to be done, whatever it takes to uh, to knock down that wall and, and do the work. Um, I, I've become a little more thoughtful. Um, and, and again, kind of back to, to the network, you know, anybody who's worked for me, who's been on my staff or somebody that I've worked with at another school, at a tournament, like, I love them. I love them. I care about them. Um, you know, we're family and, and I appreciate that people have unique challenges in their own lives and they bring that baggage with them to work every single day and the job is only one aspect of, of their day uh, and I think it's really important and uh, frankly it's not something I had at 22, 23, 24 years old and it's something that you just kind of have to pick up along the way so that was a really long answer and I'm sorry. Yeah, it was good. I think I definitely appreciate all the points and um, maybe just to touch on some of the more negative ones, I think that a lot of young professionals and, you know, millennials, like, they graduate and they get into their their first job, maybe even their second job, and they think about, they're thinking about their career, and they, they want it to be perfect, right? So they want to lay it out in a specific way and have it go that specific way. So you just mentioned, like, working with people who might not support you the way that you want to be supported or listened to the way you want to be listened to and then taking next steps and advancement um, that doesn't always come when you want it to or think it should. So mm-hmm. um, I know I was talking to a close friend last week and they, actually a few close friends, and they were talking about some interns that they had who were, who were only looking at 
these Power 5 Division 1 schools for their next job. And obviously, you and I both have different experiences, but mm -hmm. could you offer any advice to people like that who have this track in mind and they can only be successful if their plan goes according, exactly right. according to plan? Right. Uh, wow. I mean, great question. I only have my perspective, and others may disagree, and that's okay. And I'd love to, I'd love to hear from, from, from anyone. You know, what I'd say is there's no straight path in life, right? Uh, you know, you, you grow up, and I'm going to major in this. And uh, I guess that, as an aside, uh, so, so I majored in exercise and sports sciences at Colby Sawyer, and uh, there were three tracks to that major. Uh, one was uh, exercise uh, physiology, exercise science, athletic training, and then sport management. And it was amazing, you know, day one as freshman, you know, if, if you had to split the three groups into percentages, you know, maybe it's 10% on sport management and, you know, 70% on exercise phys. As soon as you start failing a couple science and math courses, it flips drastically by your sophomore year. So, you know, you, you, you may have your sights set on something, uh, but circumstances change. And so there, there's just no straight path in life, and, and in this case, a straight path to success. Um, what I would say is, you know, young young professionals in the field, they really need to uh, deeply understand the landscape uh, that's out there. They need to consider their strengths, their uh, areas for growth, and they need to be. I don't say this in a callous way, but they need to be realistic about their goals. Uh, and I don't I don't even mean that in a limiting way. Uh, I had a lot of. Uh, I was selfish, sure, uh, shall we say. Um, about where I wanted to be, but frankly, it, it, Division One, Division Two, never even crossed my mind. I had a great job, I had a great life, and I just set my sights on being the best that I could be uh, in that realm. Um, and so, again, there's a lot to unpack. But thinking about the landscape of the jobs that are out there, uh, you know, yeah, the visibility of Division One, I, I get it. The, the, the Power Five schools, the number of people on staff. Uh, uh, all of those things factor into to a, that kind of outside lens of what a job might be. Uh, but then there's the reality. And there's also the reality of how many people, how many amazing candidates are out there for jobs. And that when a job comes open uh, uh, for young professionals to really understand how would I stack up against the field. Uh, and I'm not sure that, that a lot of people truly think about that. Uh, but then there's also something to be said for, for apply for any job out there. I mean, there's nothing ventured, nothing gained. So I'm kind of a fence sitter on that. But, you know, I learned so much uh, at small colleges where, I, again, I was able to take risks. I was able to grow from failure uh, without maybe a, a microscope of, of a Michigan fan base looming over me. Um, you know, I had so much responsibility at, at a small college, uh, again, a one, uh, one two-person shop. Uh, and frankly, that work became marketable when I had enough applicable experience and then when those opportunities arose. Uh, and, and so I was at St. A's for five years, you know, before the Harvard. And so now that was six years into, into my career. Uh, and so if you're, if you're impatient at 24, 25 years old, Again, it's just a data, a data point, but, but that was my experience. Um, but to this day, uh, and you know this about me, when I have job openings, uh, um, I naturally gravitate towards individuals who are hustling at schools without the resources of a Michigan. Um, you know, individuals who are covering five, ten more sports than that, 
individuals who understand branding, recruiting, promotions on digital platforms, you know, who look at strategy and analytics, who are unfazed by covering an event, having to do PA, scoreboard, video, everything that we do, keep the stats, and then produce a video after the fact. Those are the people that I want to hear from uh, in a job. Um, I'm less drawn towards individuals or who I covered one or two sports uh, as a student assistant at a big-time school who maybe don't even know how to, how to do the basics, uh, the, the stats, the updating the site. They had maybe one or two specific jobs. Great, you've got a wonderful school on your resume, but what's the body of work? Uh, and those are questions that I ask in the recruiting process. Um, so, you know, again, there's just so much quality work being produced at schools who aren't in the Power Five. And, and you know, we're talking, to, again, Division Two, II, Division Three schools. And I follow the landscape. I, there's so much cool stuff out there. Um, so, you know, with all that, my, my advice is fairly simple and difficult. Gain, you know, gain the skill sets needed for the jobs you're applying for. Hit every single bullet in that job uh, announcement. Um, you know, there are so many digital platforms out there to learn from and to refine your skills uh, and, and the access, you know, that we have to incredible people on social media you know, today it's mind-boggling, and it's not something I had when I was your age. You know, Katie. Um, you know, but uh, there's the, there's the dreaded reality of experience, quote unquote, uh, and 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 it hits all of us at some point in life and multiple times. You know, and and, and young professionals may be lacking on the experience factor. To to that end, grow your network. Uh, volunteer for anything at your school, volunteer at nearby schools, nearby organizations, volunteer for postseason tournaments that, that are happening in your area. Um, you know, and again, if, if, if you're young, if you're single, if you don't have a family at home, there aren't a lot of excuses not to do those things if you're truly motivated uh, to grow in this field. Uh, you know, and again, that's something when I was at St. Anselm, you know, I had my hands full, uh, but I volunteered at other schools in the conference. Uh, I, I, I took on so many other roles in, in and around the area. I worked in minor league baseball. I did web design on the side, on the side. You know, I was doing this stuff at like three o'clock in the morning rather, rather than sleeping just because I loved it. Um, organize social gatherings, you know, for, for peers in the area. You call others for informational interviews, reach out to people at conventions, go beyond the panelists who are up there. There are wonderfully talented people who, for whatever reason, are not on those panels uh, uh, and, and truly take advantage of every opportunity. There's so many opportunities to grow your network uh, because those are, those are going to be the people who you come across day in and day out you know, over, over the course of your career. So um, you know, these kinds of motiv- motivated people are out there. I've hired some of them. I'm looking at one of them as we as we talk now. You know, others might be listening to this. You know, if 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 you're listening to this, you're you're probably a little further along uh, that path maybe than others in the field. But you know, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me. I'm I'm, I'm active on social media. Uh, you know, I'll be at this year's convention. Look me up. Uh, we would love to chat. So you just touched on the convention, and mm. I realize that you are. On a panel at convention, can you tell us a little bit about what that panel's about? Um, there might be two. I've had uh, two conversations here uh, over the coming days, and, and still putting the schedules aside. But as long as it works out, I'm going to be doing one about interviewing, job interviewing, uh, and I think there's limited to 20 people, and 
emails have just gone out about that. And I think it's, it's hopefully going to be helpful. I've been in a position, I've hired a lot of people. Um, I don't want to have to hire a lot of people. I don't want to lose people off, off my staff, but circumstances happen. Uh, and, and, and there are some uncomfortable truths in, in the interviewing process. And hopefully I can, I can help people with that. And then another panel that, that I might be on um, uh, centers around kind of job transitions, life transitions, understanding when it's maybe a good time to go, a good time to leave, a good time to stay, a good uh, a good time to change your skill sets or your focus, uh, and maybe stay within the field but do other things. Um, regardless of whether these panels happen or not, as schedules allow, like these are the kind of conversations I'm motivated. I love hearing from other people, and uh, especially young people thinking about what where they're going in life. Um, if I have some perspective and I can help, I'm all for it. Uh, and again, I, I always just know this is just my, you know, any conversation that I have is just my perspective. Uh, you talk to 10 people, you, you might come up with some different stuff, but hopefully it all leads the listener in the right direction. Awesome. Well, thank you for the time. And I see you every day, but thanks for taking this extra time. <laughs> and um, can you just tell everyone what your Twitter handle is so maybe they can connect with you on Twitter? Yeah, I got to change my Twitter handle because it includes my last name, and that's a real pain. Uh, uh, K Swoboda, K S V O B O D A. Awesome. <laughs> you heard him. So <laughs> connect with Kurt on social media. Stalk him at Cosida Convention. No, just kidding. Don't stalk him, but go visit him. Um, and thanks again for the time, Kurt. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of the Cosida Connections podcast. We know this one was a little bit longer than normal, but we felt like Kurt had so many great things to say that we wanted to leave them all in because they were all like little golden nuggets. And we wanted to share those, especially going into convention coming up soon. So um, don't forget conventions next week. I won't be there, but Katie Mitchell will be there. Find her on social media and connect with her. Uh, Katie, what is your Twitter handle so people can connect with you? My Twitter handle is pretty easy. It's just Katie Mucci, which is K-A-T-I-E-M-U-C-C-I. Awesome. So find Katie Mucci at convention. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter or find me on Twitter, I, as I said, I won't be there, but you can message me or tweet me anytime. My Twitter handle is at KFG winning. And we are really excited about this year's convention near or far. There's going to be a lot of great programming. So thanks again for all that you guys do and for listening in. Have a great one.